Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning. And welcome to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth's weekly program on 3CR, 855 AM. This is M Gafer with you today, and I'm recording my first pre-recorded show for Dirt Radio during 3CR's station closure due to COVID-19. Big thanks to my co-hosts, Megan and Phil, who've been bringing you content over the past few weeks. The show today is still, of course, broadcasting from 3CR on the Wurundjeri land of the Kulin Nations, and I'm also recording from my home on stolen Wurundjeri land. Today's guests are located on Jara country and also on Wurundjeri country, and I'd like to pay my respects to the elders of the lands from where this was recorded. Sovereignty never ceded. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. So today's show is going to shift the focus slightly from our core campaign work at Friends of the Earth to take a bigger look at some of the social justice issues that underpin the values of our organisation. As you're aware, with COVID-19 pandemic unfolding, there have been a number of changes to our daily lives to protect our community and flatten the curve. One alarming trend we are seeing as part of this situation is the increase in police powers and a shift towards further surveillance and measures that can be seen as eroding democracy. From a grassroots community perspective, the current health crisis presents an opportunity for us to come together to work from a place of care and call out the government and institutions for the way that capitalism and colonialism have led us to this unfolding health crisis. So today I'm going to be speaking with Babs Rappaport, a settler writer and researcher on Wurundjeri Country, a HOSPO voice member who's currently focusing on workers' rights and the material dilemmas of the unfolding emergency. I'll also be speaking with Cam Walker from Friends of the Earth to chat about some of the destructive environmental decisions we've seen snuck through during the state of emergency that will have long-lasting impacts, as well as some of the thinking and work FOE has been doing to work towards a new future outside of capitalism and to build a new world. So that's all coming up after this community service announcement. On Monday the 23rd of March, 3CR closed its doors to all presenters so that we could do our bit to help stop the spread of COVID-19. We understand that it's important for people to be able to stay at home at this time in order to reduce the number of people affected and thereby reduce the stress on our health system. Since the 3CR shutdown, programmers and volunteers have been working remotely to create new content and produce their show from home. We'll continue to bring you dynamic, up-to-date community radio during the COVID-19 crisis, so keep listening. So you are listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR. This is Em, and joining me via weblink is Babs, and we're here to chat about the current state of emergency powers and how they're unfolding. Thanks for joining me, Babs. Thanks for having me. No worries. So obviously we are facing an unprecedented situation here in so-called Australia at the moment and also globally. And it kind of does feel as though the way the government is reacting is to be unquestioned due to this state of emergency. And you've written an article that explores some of the issues you see with the current playing out of police powers and the expansion of the colonial state. So can you tell us a bit about this? Certainly. 
Um, something that felt quite challenging at the start of all of this was engaging with international media. It seemed that this timeline of this place being a month or so behind a lot of other countries that were dealing with the pandemic meant that we should mirror the kinds of politics they were dealing with. And when I started seeing really concerning issues come out, particularly in places like um, Hungary, with uh, governments using states of emergencies as opportunities to limit democratic um, liberties, to expand um, actual terms of government, as is currently happening with the Netanyahu government in Israel-Palestine, I took a moment to think about what that meant here. And living on stolen, unceded land, um, the questions really had quite different answers. And it became clear, I guess it, it's about perspective and it's a situation where the majority of the people living in so-called Australia who are settlers are for the first time going to be experiencing the less democratic, the somewhat totalitarian face of this government on the state and federal level. Um, and I think it's easy to exceptionalize it, to see the state of emergency, or as it's often called, the state of exception, as something which goes outside the norms of a democratic government. But in a colonial, colonial settler state like this one, um, those kind of logics around regular democracy look really different. And the exceptions we see instead are actually about these um, states exceptionalizing first peoples for the purposes of colonizing land and committing genocide in an ongoing capacity. Um, so when I've spent this time thinking about these things, it's, it's not what's going to happen now that we're facing this unprecedented thing. More so it's how are these powers an extension of the ongoing normal politics of emergency that these governments use to steal land and um, violently uh, intervene in the lives of First Peoples. Mm, absolutely. And in your article, you talk a little bit about the Northern Territory intervention as a kind of state of emergency powers or doing that kind of um, unfolding of colonialism that you just spoke about. So can you just explain how you're seeing the parallels between that situation and the current one? Definitely. Um, so the Northern Territory intervention is actually really important for pointing out the flaws in Australia's system for um, legislating around emergencies. So we're quite lucky at the moment. The situation is scary, but as far as a pandemic goes, we do have a specific piece of legislation which limits the government's declaration of emergency in this case. That's the Biosecurity Act of 2015. The Northern Territory intervention is an example of what happens when the government creates an emergency just in public declarations using language saying things like national crisis, national emergency, and in cases where there's not specific legislation about the kind of emergencies they're talking about, it kind of ends up being a situation where the government does what they want until the High Court holds them to account. So. In the Northern Territory intervention, the government um, kind of um, botched their reading of um, the Little Children as Sacred report in 2007 and claimed that the protection of First Peoples' children from abuse 
which was unsubstantiated, um, was a national crisis. And therefore, they used implied constitutional powers, which allow them to basically do what they want for the protection of the Commonwealth. Um, And on top of that, they got away with um, pushing through a 500-page piece of legislation in Parliament with bipartisan support. So this was the Howard government working with Labor. Um, They managed to push those things through, um, including amendments to the Racial Discrimination Act to specifically discriminate against 73 communities of First Peoples in the Northern Territory. Um, So if we look at these two case examples, the overwhelming message that comes out for me is that there are systematic ways that our government has the power to do what they want in an emergency that they declare until they get challenged. And in some cases they have been in during the Cold War when the um, government tried to uh, render the Communist Party illegal um, under a state of emergency, the High Court held them accountable and said that their emergency was invalid and therefore it went away. But with the intervention, no such thing happened. And it continues to this day and the laws which were passed in that time have now been amended but extended until 2022. So it shows us that the system will keep going and it's just up to us to decide who we think matters and when these powers, if, and I guess the question of whether these powers should only be concerning when they affect a white settler majority population. Mm, Absolutely. It's definitely, you know, there's... um food for thought in terms of how our colonial state has been enacting these kind of powers already. And I know that you, through the unions and your work with Hospo Voice, you've been involved with some kind of grassroots resistance or opposition to some of the powers or some of the unjust situations that we're seeing coming out of the COVID-19 situation. So what kind of grassroots actions have you been involved with? So um, on the 9th of April, I participated in a United Workers Union car cultivate. Um, which was taking place in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. And this was, I mean, anytime someone leaves the house at the moment, they're susceptible to the cops' um, discretion and abuse. And that was my first um, public protest since the emergencies were declared. Um, And on that day, we drove to Josh Frydenberg's office all together. We stayed in our cars completely we even we felt that our reasons for being there were one compassionate. We were fighting for the rights of migrant workers um, and casuals to welfare, including JobKeeper. Um, and we also actually dropped off food for workers who were without work at the moment. Um, and cops showed up and decided to find people. And I was a bit shaken up that day. It was in the midst of um, writing this article, and I was just trying to think of the repercussions of what this all meant for nonviolent protest. And then the following day on the 10th of April, I didn't attend this action, but the Refugee Action Collective um, also did a car protest following um, social distancing protocol outside the Mantra Hotel in Preston, where people seeking asylum and refugees are being unlawfully detained um, and being subject to Um, violent surveillance and control by the people managing that hotel um, who are funded by the government and who aren't following social distancing protocol. And the irony of that situation is that the cops showed up 
and fined every single person who was there protesting, racking up $50,000 in fines, meanwhile allowing the situation inside the hotel to continue, which is quite literally going to lead to massive death. And I guess the overwhelming um, understanding that comes out of these things is that they're not in isolation. These are similar laws to what the government was able to use during the IMARC blockade in 2019. In the last few years, rights to protest have been continually fading as police powers have been expanding. And I think, again, the idea is that we can't relate to this state of emergency as exceptional to the ongoing violent laws of this state. Mm, absolutely and yeah you know it's heartening to see people um, kind of engaging in this activism especially as we go as we see a kind of erosion a further erosion of our rights we do kind of have to leave it here for now but you mentioned that you're obviously writing an article about this where can listeners go to to read what you've been writing about Uh, I'm working on it on the moment if if it gets published it'll it'll be It should be on Jacobin, but I don't want to make any promises yet. Okay, great. Well, fingers crossed. And thanks so much for joining us today, Babs. It's been really great to get your perspective. You are listening to 3CR. Uh, This is M. We're on Dirt Radio and we'll be back right after this. Housing for the Aged Action Group has gone digital to help stop the spread of the coronavirus, but we're still here. If you're over 50 years old and having problems with your housing, we can help. If you're having trouble paying the rent, problems with your retirement village manager or concerned about your caravan park, give us a call on 1300 765 178. We can also help connect you with aged care services and emergency relief if you need it. Stay safe, everyone. You are listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with M today and we're talking about the current state of emergency brought on by COVID-19 and some of the impacts of this situation that go beyond the health itself. To talk about some of the questions with democracy, police power and the new world we'd like to build. So we just spoke with Babs Rapoport about the state of emergency on a national level. And now I have on the line with me Cam Walker from Friends of the Earth to chat about some of the environmental aspects of the state of emergency and Friends of the Earth's place in looking forwards. So thanks for joining me, Cam. Hi, Em. Good to be here. Thanks. So something we've already seen happen during the COVID-19 state of emergency is governments pushing through some quite troubling environmental legislation. So we've seen that in Victoria and also in New South Wales. So can you talk us through a few of those? Yeah, sure. And I guess the context here is that all of us who are sitting at home are displaying really strong and determined community responsibility. We're doing the right thing. We're listening to the scientists. We're listening to the, the medicine. We are staying at home. And it's very worrying that governments, while on one level they need to continue governing, they are also putting through, in a number of instances, putting through uh, developments that are really unpopular. And I think that they they run the risk of um, kind of betraying the community spirit that all of us are demonstrating by pushing some of these. Um, it's happening around the world. So just recently, for instance, in Canada, the government has lifted its ban or its moratorium on selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, one of the worst human rights abusers on the planet. 
in the United States, the Trump administration through the Bureau of Land Management have just opened up more than 200,000 hectares of public land um, to oil and gas companies without any oversight and at a cost of about, of about $2 an acre. So globally, this is an enormous issue. And we did hear earlier from Babs, you know, what's happening in Hungary. Of course, it's a similar story in Brazil. It's a similar story in the Philippines where there are these kind of land grabs being made by authoritarians under the guise of, of the COVID crisis. Locally, uh, some of the things that have been happening is in New South Wales, um, the government has approved logging in 19 pockets of forest covering more than 5,000 hectares of land. And uh, they've done this uh, in fire-affected forests without doing any environmental assessments. Now that in this day and age and after the fires we've had, that's just simply not acceptable. Um, and it will have dramatic impacts on koalas. We know about that. We know that in Queensland, the Adani mine is proceeding under the cover of the COVID crisis with building Australia's biggest coal mine. And that's based on fly-in, fly-out workers, which, as we know, are putting regional communities and Indigenous communities at risk. In Victoria, uh, we had clearing of roadways following the fires, and this was done with very limited ecological oversight and was done under a state of emergency. So through a lot of Southeast Australia, we've had a summer of a state of emergency where, in effect, large areas have been locked down out of necessity by the fires and now we're moving in to in effect a second state of emergency where political decisions are being taken. Um, two other things that are, I think are, are very relevant, one was in Victoria, the Victorian and federal government signed the regional forest agreements just recently for another 10 years and that exempts the logging companies basically from federal environmental laws. And in Victoria, the Victorian government lifted the moratorium on onshore gas drilling. And, you know, that that is a, a decision that is wildly unpopular in regional Victoria. And they did it at a time when people simply couldn't get out and protest. Mm, absolutely. And like you said, you know, with communities acting in good faith and looking after each other by staying at home, it, it kind of feels pretty uncomfortable to see some of these decisions coming out when people are so restricted in their abilities to move. And I guess, you know, obviously we are seeing this extractivism that is a symptom of our capitalist colonial society. And Friends of the Earth has always been quite staunchly anti-capitalist and looking for ways to change that paradigm around extractivism and the colonial state. So what are some of the conversations that have been happening at the moment around the current state of play and where we're headed? I think that, uh, as has been widely noted, any point of crisis is is a point of opportunity. And so looking at the opportunity, I think we take a lot of heart from the fact that all these things that would have been considered fringe, if not crazy, just recently have suddenly become palatable. We have massive intervention by government. We have these incredible stimulus packages that are putting money back into people's hands. There are bailouts for corporations, of course, but there is a lot of money coming back into people's hands, and that's really essential if we are going to do a stimulus package. And we're having really good conversations around the concept of a universal basic income. And, you know, that as a concept, I think uh, in the world we live in, increasingly of 
fragmented working conditions and the gig economy where people just simply more and more of the community do not have access uh, to job security, having a universal basic income is really essential if we want to ensure that people have uh, the access to the resources they need to have a life of dignity. So we're having this fantastic kind of public conversation where all these impossible things are suddenly possible. And I think if you look at times of of crises and pandemics, what happens is you have an opening up of the status quo. And there's some great polling out of England, for instance, that shows that only 9% of people polled uh, in this EU government report in the UK said they want to go back to exactly how things were. They're enjoying uh, the fact that they have more of a sense of their community, even though they're locked at home because people are taking the time to look out for each other. So there's this kind of opening up of possibilities. um, And then that always flows on after a crisis. So after the Spanish influenza at the start of the 20th century, a lot of the changes that happened happened as a result of people getting organised after that fact. So I think there's two things going on. One is to be open to just the simple, good, community connections that are happening and the community resilience that's happening now but there's also the political opportunities in a different landscape to where we were just three months ago that is much more open to progressive ideas around political structures. Mm, Absolutely and I'm glad you mentioned the kind of you know community and networking aspects of this whole situation because I've always I always think that that's a really important part of foes politics that kind of doesn't always go um, you know it's not always to the surface but it is a really important part about how we're kind of building our new communities and the world that we're working towards and you know for listeners out there who are at home and who are doing social distancing what are some of the things that they could be doing to keep up to date? You know, obviously some of these decisions that are getting passed are going a little bit unchecked because people aren't, you know, knowing so much about them. So how could people be informed and stay connected to Friends of the Earth? If people aren't a member of a group, they should join a group, whether it's us or another organisation. We know that at times like this where states take authoritarian measures, the security forces are always very loath to let go of those advances as they see them when the crisis is over. So we need to be ready to push back and to reclaim public spaces and political spaces when this is all over. And in the interim, what we need to do is to stay active, to keep thinking, to look and kind of read and dig deeper. I've been quite disturbed by the level of conspiracy theory and kind of loose and often really sloppy thinking about, you know, the the C-19 conspiracy theory and the 5G conspiracy theory and all that type of thing. If we're going to be inside, if we're going to spend a lot of time online, then read a bunch of stuff and don't just, you know, watch those stupid YouTube videos. Actually go to reputable um, sources to find out what's going on. And what's going on is basically we have a situation where a very small number of corporations are basically driving the economy of the planet and they are backed up by the conservative media and they're backed up by their friends of government. And that, as I said, is kind of the level of conspiracy we need to drill into. It's there, it's clear as day, and we need to stay mobilised against them during the lock-in. And I think all the groups that are active uh, politically, environmentally, everyone has shifted online, so there's plenty to do. If you're interested, join a group, follow what they're doing, and and just stay active. Um, I think that um, it's uh, often what happens is when there's a change, a profound change in how people engage socially, often old models are lost and old models of action potentially could be lost. And as we've seen with the 
the car protest that was intercepted by the police and then people being charged very large fines. There is a level of kind of attempt to, to rein in community action. And I think we just need to keep pushing out on those boundaries. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Cam. It's great to see all the work that FO has been a part of and to be connected to our communities. Thanks. Good to have a chat. Of course, if you're just tuning in now, you're on Dirt Radio with M, and today we are chatting about the state of emergency we currently find ourselves in. You can always catch up on the conversation at 3cr.org.au slash dirt radio. If you're looking to connect with more community stories, why not check out 3cr.org.au slash acting up and listen back on stories of Friends of the Earth's 45 years of campaigning. And that is just about all we have time for today. But before we go, I just want to remind our listeners, especially for you Collingwood locals out there, that the Friends of the Earth Food Co-op remains open and they are doing an amazing job serving the local community with fresh, healthy food, both with their takeaway lunches that are still available as well as takeaway coffees and the wonderful bulk foods and veggies that you can get. They're coming straight from local biodynamic and organic farmers. So you can stock up on everything that you might need in your pantry there. Big shout out and love to the foodies for being out there serving the community through this really tough time and making sure that everyone's staying really safe. They've got amazing hand washing and sanitizing stations down there in the food co-op at 312 Smith Street in Collingwood. And you know it's going to be a much better experience heading in there than going to the horror of the overcrowded corporate supermarket hell that I'm sure most of us have faced at some point or another in the last few weeks. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Dirt Radio on 3CR. Make sure you're looking out for yourself and for each other. And keep it locked to 3CR for more awesome programming that's been put together remotely during this time while the station is shut. Taking us out today is the Whitlams with the song No Aphrodisiac. A letter to you on a cassette Cause we don't write anymore Gotta make it up quickly There's people asleep on the second floor There's no aphrodisiac like loneliness Truth, beauty and a picture of you You'll be walking your dog in a few hours I'll be asleep in my brother's house You're a thousand miles away With food between your teeth Come up for summer Got a place near the beach There's room for your dog There's no aphrodisiac Like loneliness Truth, beauty And a picture of you There's no aphrodisiac like loneliness Truth, beauty, and a picture of you There's no aphrodisiac 
like loneliness, youth, truth, beauty, fame, boredom, and a bottle of pills. There's no aphrodisiac like loneliness. You shouldn't leave me alone There's no aphrodisiac like loneliness Bare feet like a tomboy and a crooked smile Truth, youth, beauty, fame, boredom, red hair, no hair Innocence, Saturday And a picture of you Fear